an unsustainable system is a system that needs more energy input than it has output, right? Okay. And it's it's a it's like mining soil. You know, they say that we're mining, poisoning, and and destroying our soil at a rate of 10 to 40 times the rate of replenishment. That's unsustainable. It cannot last. Now, when you're talking about something like the soil of our biggest growing areas in the world being unsustainable, the use of that soil being unsustainable, and that all unsustainable systems fail, that's an epically big deal. Like we absolutely have to make a change there. But here's the fun part. We get to make a change here. We get to because it's good and fun. It's joyful. Have to implies effort and struggle and all these things. So permaculture is basically the sustainable agricultural design science that has taken all the principles that are regenerative and abundant and biodynamic and organic, simply meaning we don't use poisons, right? We take the poisons and the poison producers out of the system. And then we instead, we supplant systems that are actually expansive and regenerative and abundant. In today's busy world, how can we find the inspiration, knowledge, and energy to live a healthy and empowered life? If we balance and harmonize our mind, exercise our body, live according to the laws of nature, and connect to spirit, can we find a way to heal, become our authentic self, and live our purpose with love? I am your hostess, Amy Fournier, and welcome back to Awakening Aphrodite. Did you know there's as much biology in just one teaspoon of healthy soil as there are people on the entire planet? Isn't that crazy to really think about? Well, my guest today is Jim Gale, and he is on a mission to inspire people all over the world to grow their own food. You're going to love Jim Gale. He is his passion is contagious. He is super knowledgeable, super inspiring, and like I said, mega passionate about this whole topic. He is a wealth of information, and we talk about so many things on the show today, including the state of the world and what's going on with our freedom. And Jim gives us a message of hope and inspiration, and most importantly, strategy on how he feels that we can get there to not only help balance ourselves, but balance the planet. And Jim shares with his, his, us his personal tips on manifestation and mindset and magic. In fact, how he went from zero net worth to $30 million in his 30s. And then he went negative $80,000 and then back up again. And he shares with us exactly how he manifested these magical things in his world and how he just exudes health and happiness and, and is so upbeat and engaging. In fact, he actually managed to get his own TV show and was contacted by his favorite actors producers to work with him. I mean, we're talking real magic folks. Like this guy really walks the talk. I love it. So inspiring. And we talk about 
what's going on in the current world with the state of mind control going on and how oppressors use their number one fear, tool of fear to make everybody afraid as a way of controlling them. And of course, we talk about permaculture, what it is. It's a food system of a sustainable way to grow and design food forests and system. In fact, Jim calls them edible landscapes or food forests. And it's certainly an idea whose time has come. So we get into permaculture, regenerative agriculture, uh, biodynamic farming, all these very timely, very important things right now. And Jim shares with us that it's easier than you think to start doing it yourself so cool grow your own food and be a steward of your own life and take your health into your own hands i love it jim even talks about how permaculture and his food forest system can help end world hunger reverse mass distinction and deforestation and the illnesses that so many of us are plagued with these days as well as end tyranny i mean wow that's a big order right but he talks about how he really thinks this could be a huge part of the solution yeehaw and jim talks about what he calls his three bs systems or his three belief systems that are misconceptions about permaculture that he's here to clear up and i already mentioned one of them that it's not as hard as you think in fact jim actually mentions on the show that if you can make your own coffee you can grow your own food how encouraging and i asked jim hey well what's the deal if you live in an apartment or you don't have a large lawn and or maybe not a lot of money to invest in this kind of thing like what are our options he gives us his expert advice on that and he talks about his main pet peeve with the current modern vogue permaculture movement that's going on. He talks about the one issue that he has with that that's kind of a little warning, which is cool to know. And I asked Jim, what's the deal, the truth, with animals and global warming? Are animals responsible for global warming and big agriculture's mis- really abuse of animals in the way that we uh, deal with cattle and grow cattle and butcher animals in in the current conventional conventional farm system so come on are cow farts responsible for global warming (laughs) and jim gives us the honest truth answer to that that you definitely want to tune into particularly if you're a vegetarian or you're somebody who doesn't eat meat because of moral reasons or any of these other reasons there's so much misconception out there you guys there's so much misinformation how do we know who to believe well believe the experts that are walking the talk and don't have controlling you and your life and making money off you as their motivation you know just do a little homework dig deeper and you can feel the truth you can see the truth and let me tell you like i said jim gale it just exudes vibrancy and health and love and abundance and a win-win mentality and i think that's how you know someone's really in integrity and jim gale certainly is and lastly jim shares with us his business food forest abundance and how you 
can grow your own food by his system of they've developed a beautiful thing where you can actually hire your own permaculture expert online to design a custom landscape for your yard or whatever your situation may be. They work with you one-on-one. And Jim and his team were so generous to give to you, my listeners and viewers of Awakening Aphrodite with Amy Fournier, a discount coupon. So if you use the link on my e-store, amyfournier.com, just go to my e-store, Food Forest Abundance. There's a special link there. Enter the code FITAMYTV at checkout and you will save money on your own design system to start growing your own food it's easier than you think it's more affordable than you think there's really no excuses let's be empowered and part of the solution for ourselves and the planet take action and join me there because as soon as i get my dream home i'm hiring them too that's for sure and that's not far off let me tell you all right so enjoy today's show with jim gale And welcome back to Awakening Aphrodite with Amy Fournier. Today, my guest is Jim Gale. Jim, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Amy. I'm so glad to be here. I'm so inspired to share this message with as many people as possible because this is a message of the hope and the strategy to achieve freedom on every level in our society. I love that. That pretty much summarizes everything that you offer and everything you're about, which is a lot. We could unpack every one of those actual words that you just said, because I know your mission is to help people grow their own food, but you also just have a larger idea that which I resonate with very much that to you, all this is really about freedom, getting back to the way it's supposed to be, empowering people the holistic values. I'm just all about it. Just thrilled to have you on our show. So please, can you share with us, just unpack a little bit more what you mean by your mission? Like what, what are you doing in the world? Yeah, I will. And I'll unpack it with a quote by Victor Hugo. Now, when I first heard this quote, it, it really blew my mind. It hit home. And I actually, I've been a meditator now for many years, decades. And I meditated on this quote and the quote is there's one thing stronger than all of the armies of the world. And that is an idea whose time has come. And when we unpack this quote a little bit, it's really mind blowing. And when I say mind, the mind uh, for most of us and for me in the past and still to this day, but lesser so, is a series of programs that have been put out by Uh, an entity called govern, which means to manage or control and mente, which means mind. And when I started seeing that all of the armies of the world is really just one army, it's an army of ignorance. It's an army of fear porn. It's an army of destruction. And when we can raise up by understanding, overstanding and understanding the idea whose time has come, You know, what happens in your head when you get a good idea? The light bulb goes off, the light goes off, the light mind goes off. And what is that? That's a symbol of freedom, right? The idea whose time has come, and this is where it just gets, is everybody has heard of this idea. Everybody can even describe this idea in glorious detail. And yet we've been programmed to believe 
that this idea is a utopic fantasy and that it's not possible. The idea, not from a religious perspective, but from a logical perspective, is the Garden of Eden. It's health and wellness and abundance everywhere. And this is no longer hypothetical. Thanks to the permaculturalists around the world, uh, originally with Bill Mollison and David Holmgren and Jeff Lawton and all of these wonderful people, this is not hypothetical. What I'm gonna share today has been demonstrated all over the world as the most logical way forward for humanity. Hallelujah. Hit, hit us with it, Jim. What is the idea that time has come? It is the Garden of Eden. It's permaculture. It's permaculture. edible okay. landscapes. It's food forests everywhere, right? So in the United States alone, we have 40 to 50 million acres of lawn. The lawn takes more human resources and more poisons than any other plant or crop that we grow, and it does not provide a food yield for people. Right. It has some functions. I don't hate lawns. People think I hate, I don't hate law. I don't hate anything, quite frankly. Um, uh, ignorance. I don't hate it. I'm aware of it. Right. And fear. So the lawn, when we look at things through real eyes, right, when we real eyes into the future of vision of possibility, we could see that our yards are either a liability or an asset. Right? For most people, the lawn is an expense. It's a liability. When we simply use that incredible resource, our property wisely, and let's say we just take the, the edge, the 30, 40% along the edge of your lawn, of your yard, and we plant a series of food systems that mimic natural systems using the permaculture science, and now we've got 100 different species of edible and medicinal plants growing what will come of that is reverse mass extinction, reverse deforestation, cancer and heart disease and diabetes trends, all of the forms of tyranny. We end world hunger when we catalyze a shift in consciousness that leads to mass adoption of this logical next step. Wow. <laughs> That's quite a feat. So, Let's start with what exactly is permaculture then, because this is a common buzzword. And if you could also expand on how it's different from biodynamic farming, how it's different from organic farming, those are important distinctions. Regenerative farming, these are all kind of common words we're hearing now, and yes. they can be confusing. Yes, and really it's all the same thing. Okay. Sustainable, let's take the word sustainable, which has been so misused in our mm -hmm. crazy organizations. So the word sustainable, an unsustainable system is a system that needs more energy input than it has output, right? Okay. And it's it's a, it's like mining soil. You know, they say that we're mining, poisoning, and, and destroying our soil at a rate of 10 to 40 times the rate of replenishment. That's unsustainable. It cannot last. Now, when you're talking about something like the soil of our biggest growing areas in the world, being unsustainable, the use of that soil being unsustainable, and that all unsustainable systems fail, that's an epically big deal. Like we absolutely have to make a change there. But here's the fun part. We get to make a change here. We get to because it's good and fun. It's joyful. Have to implies effort and struggle and all these things. So permaculture is basically the sustainable agricultural design science 
that has taken all the principles that are regenerative and abundant and biodynamic and organic, simply meaning we don't use poison, right? We take the poisons and the poison producers out of the system. And then we instead, we supplant systems that are actually expansive and regenerative and abundant. Now, I'll give you a, a visual, an example. My buddy, I got a buddy in Minnesota, Chad Johnson, who's got a farm at the tip of Lake Superior, where it's very cold in Northern Minnesota. His food forest, he started about five, six years ago. And over the last couple of years, he estimates by going out into the forest around his food forest, that tens of thousands and now hundreds of thousands of plants that were originally designed and put in his food forest are now making their way into the forest around his system. He's got birds and, and frogs and butterflies and turtles in his food forest that are not even supposed to be in the United States. <laughs> yeah, Nature finds abundance and it wants to live in abundance. It's probably like, thank God there's a place to go now. Yes, it's attractive. It's yep. a vibrational experience that attracts good things, regenerative things. Mm. So basically permaculture incorporates all of the things you mentioned, and it's a sustainable and regenerative way to use the earth's resources. Well, what I love about this so much, and it's just so aligned with me, is the, the holistic nature of it all, in that it's about the relationships and the it doesn't it doesn't reduce the, the system to reductionism, like so much of our systems do now, whether it be medical or big agro, whatever, it's just, or, or health, you know, reduces the body to a heart condition. No, it's, it's systemic. It looks at the whole, the relationship between the parts. And I'm just all about it. I'm, I'm studying it. I know nothing about it. I need to hire you. <laughs> like I need a lot of help. And I know you have a lot of resources with your team, which is just so beautiful. So grateful to have you on the show. Your work is so needed before it's too late and without being doom and gloom. But let's just give everybody a little bit of reality. Can you share with us some current statistics on the state of the ecosystem, on the state of mother nature, on the state of the animals and the soil and the birds. I think I heard you say that, that we only have two generations of good soil left. If we keep going down the road, we're going. That's right. And I like baking, boiling things down to the lowest common denominator. What is the actual problem of our world? Okay. And so you've got one narrative that we're the problem, that people are the problem. Now, people are definitely part of the problem, but the catalyst for the problem comes from up top. It comes from governmente. It mm -hmm. comes from the same families who've been controlling the narrative for hundreds of years. And, and still just, are. And still are. <laughs> but guess what? Thank God for the apocalypse, which means lifting the veil. Right. We're right starting on. to see clearly now for the first time at an exponential rate. Um, I, I refer to David Icke's uh, statement just a few months back, which, man, I got tears in my eyes when I heard this. Um, he, people come up to him and said, David Icke, I can't believe so many people are still asleep. And he said, are you kidding me? He goes, 30 years ago when I was talking about this stuff, I couldn't get six people to listen to me. Now I could fill a stadium. Right on. Exponential expansion of consciousness. There's another term we like people are using called ascension. Huh? Right. This ascension. So I, for the first time, just in the last couple of weeks, I finally understand what ascension really means. It's, a, vi it's a vibrational shift. 
and vibration and emotions are directly correlated and linked, right? A uh, low vibration, shame, which is right above death, you know, and anger and rage and all these fear-based, lower than consciousness emotions. Fear is truly the number one tool of enslavement and always has been, right? They create the problem, then there's a reaction and the reaction is fear. And then here they come to save the day with more control of the minds and of the physicality of the slave. You know, Guillermo said, none are more hopelessly enslaved than those who falsely believe they are free. Wow. Isn't that powerful? When you don't I don't even know that you're in a jail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't even know. And you'll argue and sometimes even kill your fellow human on behalf of the slave master who's trying to wake mm-hmm. you up and free you. Right. That's what's going on with all this virtue saying all this shame, crazy narrative around the and programming. Yeah, It's all program. And here's the easiest way to tell which side will promote and use force and violence and which side simply wants freedom. It's mm. crystal clear which yeah. side wants one. That's the, that's how you tell. And in fact, as a businessman too, because I believe in regenerative capitalism is the mm-hmm. answer as mm-hmm. opposed to the force and violence of socialism and communism. Those foundations, that's force and violence are, are their foundation, right? Regenerative capitalism is about the voluntary exchange of value. So when we promote that, then it becomes, when you demonstrate it, it becomes enlightening or light-mindedness for people. And they say, I'm going towards that because it looks like the healthiest and most wonderful way to go. So that's how I'm designing my life is to be a demonstrator of freedom. It's, it's reciprocal. It's like, I love that term, regenerative capitalism. Never heard that before, Jim. And it's, it's like a barter system. And, and what I love about this, because another thing I've been studying intensely the last few years is Native American medicine and wisdom. And they have a principle you're probably familiar with called Aini. And, yeah, and Aini is the principle of, of reciprocity. And that one for me today, one for you tomorrow. And they, I had a, I had a, a, uh, a guest on my show recently, I think it was episode 76 with Molly Larkin, who was an apprentice for 12 years to Bearheart, who was a very famous medicine man who's passed away now. But uh, he, he talked a lot about this principle as well and taught her and, and all his followers that you always give something back. You never just take something and... You know, this this idea that I don't know how humans got this idea like we're the superior living thing on the world as opposed to no, we're part of the system and every other living thing has just as much right and importance to be here as we do. And what we do is affecting everybody else and we're not like the ordained species. You know, instead, there needs to be a respectful, reciprocal relationship of not just taking and basically raping Mother Earth that, you know, humanity unfortunately has done. So to your point, yeah, well, people kind of, certain people are part of the problem with that mindset of just one-way street, you know, taking yes, and not, taking. not the recipro- reciprocity. You know, have you ever heard of the show A Beautiful Mind? Yes, 
That's a right? movie, right? It's Wasn't a, that movie. a movie. Yes. Yeah. And it was, I think it won like an Oscar, one of those big awards. Well, it was mm-hmm. based on the life of John Nash, who won the mm-hmm. Nobel Prize for his theory. That's exactly pointing to what you're alluding to right here oh. is doing good for yourself while doing good for others. Right. So in other words, it's a it's an abundant system. And this mindset of abundance means the more I serve out of selfishness because serving is good for me, then the more everybody wins. So it's it links it all together in a way that's really undeniable. And this is a I mean, he won the Nobel Prize for this. It's it's look up John Nash. It's such yeah. a beautiful to watch that movie again. Yeah. And that's what our whole cooperative business model is based upon. It's based upon everybody serving the mission, which is mm-hmm. a mission of catalyzing a shift in consciousness that leads to mass adoption of the most logical thing. And that's mm-hmm. using our resources wisely because it's All good right. for us. And I love it. I love everything about it. I'm just so thrilled to do my little part in trying to help this message get out there and all your amazing work. Uh, now, what would you say to the people, probably the big pharma people that would say, this is not sustainable. How are we going to feed the world? I know you get that question a lot, but we have to address it because a lot of people are going to think that you've, like you said, we know this works. It's worked all over the world. It's how we even got here, but how are we going to feed people on a mass scale with this system? How, yeah, what's your I answer to that? It. I love it. Yeah. So back about 50 years ago, Henry Kissinger said, if you want to control nations, control oil. If you want to control people, control food. This is not the ramblings of a nut. This is the ramblings. This is the strategy of a psychopath, of a slave master who has met with every U.S. president who also called us useless eaters and cannon fodder. Right now. So who who said that? Henry Kissinger. Oh, he said that. Oh, my God. He said, yes, if you want to control people, control food. That strategy has led to basically two corporations controlling 90 some percent of the world's food supply using monocrops and GMO seeds, which do not produce new plants and poisons, which are destroying our soil. So is that Monsanto? What are the two? That is Monsanto. Well, no, that Monsanto is a subsidiary of BlackRock and Vanguard. Okay. Yes, yes. And they've also got a computer called Aladdin that has been autonomously making computer, uh, making bets on the stock market for a long time. In other words, a computer runs the financial world. Um, so AI. Yeah, that's pretty interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so then if the problem and in permaculture, we learn to turn the problem into the solution. The problem on a metaphysical level is fear and shame and rage and all these things that you can mm-hmm. watch on CNN division, right? The solution then is faith and courage and joy and love and service, right? The problem on a physical level is using our resources ignorantly. The solution is using our resources wisely and permaculture shows us exactly how to do that. My partner, Dr. Ian Scott has a 10th of an acre backyard on his 10th of an acre. He's got over a hundred different perennial plants growing and over 70 different species of food producers in his 10th of an acre backyard. It's paradise. That's encouraging. Yes. It's so encouraging, right? Mm -hmm. It's so beautiful to know that all we have to do is turn 30, 40% of our lawn into regenerative agriculture, which will radically reduce our family's 
percentage likelihood of getting cancer and heart disease and diabetes. If that were the only reason to do it, let alone the incredible ROI and the beauty, that'd be enough. I love it. You know, and to your point about uh, how you control people, I know in the military, you, you cut off their communication, hence social distancing and can't be around people and all that stuff. And, and you cut off their food supply, like you said, hence Bill Gates is now the number one owner, and correct me if I'm wrong, of all the farms in America. He's trying to buy out all the farmlands and control food and all these fake foods they're making isn't even real food okay and uh you know water and communication and food you just cut those out so this is kind of what we're dealing with right now like you said the apocalypse the the great awakening whatever you want to call it and to your point it made me think of the book uh power versus force who the book of, i know you're familiar with because you talked Hawking, about yep. yeah because because just talking about what frequency we're, we're, we're resonating on and then I just wanted to point out to folks that this is this can be a scary time, particularly if you're watching the news. <laughs> but the key resonating vibration as human beings we have to tap into, the one that turns the table, and I know you know this, Jim, is courage. Courage is the vibration that really exponentially brings our vibration up. So we need to summon our heart, our courage, and bring that online. To, this might be scary because all growth and change is, but guys, we're jumping off the diving board into the deep end, and let's hold hands and be courageous together. For, you know, for example, Jim, me learning permaculture and, oh my God, how am I going to do this, is very overwhelming to someone like me. But what I love about what you're doing, because you know, I know you've had quite a history with being successful in business and stuff, is you you had had a time in your life when you felt overwhelmed at the enormity with the, your knowledge of how, you know, soil and plants and all that works. Oh my God, this is such a huge problem. But what you did was you were wise enough to say, all right, two questions. How can I be focused on the solution, not the problem? Because the, if I'm focused on the problem, I'm going to have overwhelmed anxiety and I will be paralyzed. And how can I make it simple? Those were the, um, correct me if I'm wrong, those are the two questions you asked. I'm like, this guy is brilliant. This is exactly right. And now look at you. So, well, and you know, I, several things to unpack there. I want to mm. express the struggle that I went through. And okay. also, it was when I let go of the struggle, when I truly. Mm understood understood i don't even the wording by the way is a major deal with me i i become more aware of the words and what they truly mean i don't understand any authority because i don't want anybody to be the author of my story i above you above stand I, exactly yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. or overstand yep. right? okay so yep. um faith and courage is the foundation of freedom and so the, then the question I asked while I was going through this struggle, like I went from zero dollars of net worth to about 20 million when I was 30 to about 36, seven. And then from then, when I started learning about the problems, I had my first two daughters and that changes the way you look at the world. You don't look at the world and what I'm going to do next week. You look at what's the world going to be like for my daughters in 20 or 30 years? What's the world of my grandkids going to be like? And I grew up on a lake. I was playing in the water and fishing and enjoying nature every day growing up. 
I want them to have that kind of life. So mm -hmm. I went through, I learned permaculture and I also learned about the deep state and their, their agenda. And so when you learn these three things all at the same time, the, the kids, the deep state and permaculture, I went through years of cognitive dissonance and struggle. And I went from about 20 million in net worth to negative 80,000. <laughs> Unbelievable. Because, until I finally let go of the fear, all of it. How'd and you do I, it? By meditating by realizing that we are spirit playing a divine game having a divine experience that this is a temporary experience and that when we are done with this experience there's something else i don't imagine i i, I imagine i don't know what that is i have a lot of imaginations about what that might be um but the bottom line is i let go of fear and when i let go of the fear since then the last year has been epic magic every day tell us about some of the things that are coming in your life and my research for you for the show i mean del big tree and now you're like a movie and you're working with your favorite actor just share with us some of the unbelievable magical things that are happening to you once you let go of the fear so when i let go of the fear and i'll never forget i was walking down the road and i was breathing deep and i was having this emotional experience i was listening to esther hicks uh the law of attraction oh, yeah. stuff okay. abraham mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and i i turned that off and i just started being in the moment pure mm -hmm. in the moment where even now Beautiful. just talking about it i can feel this incredible vibration i'm getting goosebumps head. yes the yep. goosebumps are a yep. beautiful thing mm -hmm. and so i am I'm walking anyway. So then after that, I had this inspired idea. In fact, this is important for me to share. Um, let's say this is a thought and this is a thought like, um, and your thoughts are so back to back in your brain that no idea can get in there. Hmm. Einstein said, imagination is more important than knowledge for knowledge tells us what is and imagination tells us what will be. Well, we can't imagine things if our minds are too messed up with the thoughts, the programs. Too crammed, the, crammed. Too crammed. There's no room in there. Exactly. So I started meditating every day and taking little naps and going to play tennis and really just enjoying my life. Nice. And then I started getting these ideas and these ideas felt good. And I took action on them, on the ideas. I use my emotions like a compass. Right. And so the compass is, let's say that it's pointing this direction. This direction is the direction of freedom. And I completely follow how I feel. Joseph Campbell Campbell said, follow your bliss. And that is my ultimate recommendation for everybody. Follow your bliss and notice that your bliss is also serving others and bringing them bliss. And when you can notice that, then you've got the best of all of it. So. We launched, I wrote Del Big Trio speech. He read it, he said, Jim, you've got something here. I wanna do a show uh, highlighting your vision for society. Boom, done. A month later, and this is where, I mean, that was a miracle in itself, but that was just the start. A month later, I get a call from the producer of The Crocodile Hunter. Now, I didn't watch my TV growing up, but I had my favorite shows. And The Crocodile was, during my 20s, that was like my favorite show. When Steve Irwin died, I cried, love that. Yeah. I've learned a lot about him since I love him even more now. Aww. I got emotional there. Yeah. Um, then um, they said, we want to produce a show and, you know, and they billed me as a Steve Irwin of permaculture, right? Which I had great, I was honored. 
Then two days later, I get a call from my favorite actor 10 years later. And so I went from 20s to mid 30s and my favorite show was Entourage for about five years. And my favorite actor was Vinny Chase or Vincent Chase. Adrian is his name in real life. I get a call from him two days later and we put a show together. Within six months of launch, we had a TV show done called The Land of Plenty. We just last week had a major network offer us, make a formal offer to us to buy, to, to have an option to buy the show. And we turned them down. Um, we, they might, we might work with them, but our goal is to have freedom of speech. So we might not. And because I heard there's a lot of things that limit the rights to free speech, which I won't have no matter what. So that was a miracle. My producer, the actor came together and called me. I don't, I'm not in this world. So that's miraculous in its own accord. So what do you really think, what do you attribute that to though, Jim? I mean, other than just getting relaxed and meditating and doing things that make you feel good. I mean, honestly, what do you think was the cause of those amazing opportunities falling in your lap? Where do ideas come from? I mean, that's the big question, right? Where does an inspired idea come from? An in-spirit idea come from? It comes Mm -hmm. from somewhere greater, somewhere epic, somewhere divine, somewhere spiritual. I don't know Mm -hmm. where it comes from, but it's something bigger than us. So Mm -hmm. to be tapped into that and flowing with that has Mm -hmm. been the key. And it is what every great person talks about. Napoleon Hill, who studied the greats of his time and throughout history, said, whatever the mind of man or woman can achieve, uh, can conceive and believe it can achieve. But now like sit with that one for a while and then ask yourself, what can my mind conceive and believe? And then start making a list of possibilities. And then as you do this, you're starting to plant seeds and you're starting to nourish the seeds, the ideas of joy and abundance in your own life. And by doing that, it scales. And, mm. and, and it's it, it, the law of attraction is the most powerful epic law, right? Because one thought begets another. So then you'll notice the thoughts and by noticing your emotions and your mm. notice where your body's tight. Like just when I said that, I let mm-hmm. my stomach relax and I, I kind of let my shoulders relax. Mm-hmm. When we notice our breath, then we can start taking conscious unprogrammed action towards your own future of joy and abundance. That's where Mm -hmm. the magic is. It's in this present moment with the intention of moving forward in joy. Yes. Embodiment, being in your body, connecting with your body. I like to literally think in my mind, connecting with my heart and almost feeling like my heart is getting bigger and opening And then what I like to tell people is then you got to start paying attention in your life to life talking to you, observe. And I know that's a lot of how permaculture, back to that discussion, even came about is by observation of nature. And like when you go on a site, and I know you're going to tell us about that to do an assessment, you have to use all your senses. You know, what's it smell like? How's the wind? What's the temperature? What's the terrain? We have, to, we have to be in our bodies and use these beautiful gifts, our awareness, to perceive what's going on, to know the course of action. But to my point, what I was saying is to see when life is throwing us like a driftwood, you know, of like, this is the way to go. 
over there, you know, but we can't notice if we're stuck in stress, we're cortisol elevated, where we can't, it's like wearing glasses and we're stuck with our face plastered to our phone all the time. And we're never looking around us for what nature and life is trying to tell us. Uh, that's exactly right. In fact, that uh, Nikola Tesla um, said, if you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. vibration. Now I'm going to change something. And I think that this was changed by the people who re have been rewriting history forever. Mm -hmm. The people Don't think in terms of it, experience or feel in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. I love when it. we feel, then that's the key towards the next, next level. I love it. So to your point, for someone who's yeah, two jobs, kids, all that. Okay, follow your bliss. Nice for him to say. So how about just like what Jim's saying, tap into what feels good, even if it's just 10 minutes a day of daydreaming and using your imagination and just kind of letting yourself feel that good energy because you've got to get in that frequency to be able to listen to that radio station of happiness. You know, you've got yes. to align with it. Yes. Even, even if it's a little yes. bit, right? It's a resonant tuning yeah. thing. Right? Uh -huh. We get to, and, and I'm very conscious of my words. I no longer have to do anything. Uh, I no longer need to do anything. Or should. Yeah, I no longer should all over myself. Right. I get to, and I desire to. Or I choose then, to. Mm -hmm. Yes, I choose to. And mm -hmm. even the word choice is, uh, is so often misused because the word choice by itself implies that there is an awareness of choice. Ah, I never and, thought of that. Yeah, and there are there choices yeah. because who, who is choosing <laughs> exactly, and at the yep. end, the the foundation of that is mm. everybody always does the best they can. Mm -hmm. They make the best decision according to what they believe to be true. Exactly, right? and so, that's the key: what yes. they believe to be true. Yes. So then, then we get back to the programming. Yeah. Yeah, programming. So to delete the programming and to actually open up to source being the guide as opposed to the government, the mind control. So there we get back to the having to know thyself, the direct connection with your own soul for answers, for solutions, for guidance, and not looking externally outside of you. What do I do? You know, who was it that said that... Uh, Freedom, true freedom is something that is, is, I'm totally massacring okay. this, but something to the effect of true freedom uh, is extremely, most people won't choose it because it's very scary. It's, it, they would rather be in almost like that archetypical parent-child role. Uh, well, it's like the Great Reset, right? And Klaus Schwab saying, you will own nothing by 2030 and be happy about it because we're going to take care of you. The government's going to, you'll have, you'll own no house, nothing. And there's some people, Jim, that really like, oh, good. I don't want responsibility. Yeah. You know, oh, good. Yeah. Like, what? So true freedom requires courage yes. and we, at, we at some kind to. of direct connection with source yourself to have faith in your own ability and others' ability to, yeah. to be okay. Yes. I don't need someone else to take and, care of me. Exactly. And the beauty of this is everybody is one breath away from being true of mind to having a light mind or enlightened um it's simply 
And then feel your hands, feel your stomach. See if you can feel your heart beating. You know, that's everybody's one breath away. And I go through this thousands of times a day where I'll notice something and I'll go. And then I'm enlightened again. Right? Love and, it. Yeah. And that doesn't, you know, because there's all these misnomers about being enlightened. I can't move shit across the room. I can't read people's minds, although I can get a pretty good guess at it sometimes. But, it, you know, it, it's, it's not this magical, mystical thing, although it is, but it, it doesn't defy the laws of physics. At, mm-hmm. least, I, at least I can't do that. Yep. <laughs> Maybe yep. some people can. And I've actually seen people not that yet. <laughs> seemingly can, which I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. I want to try that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, it's a beautiful process. So then it comes into this idea of designing our lives and designing mm-hmm. starting from the heart and going mm-hmm. from the heart out is what makes my heart happy and my heart sing. And that is these joy and courage things. And then you stack functions of that. So permaculture becomes a design process. There's the 12 principles of permaculture. And all of these principles are so relevant to our world today. Now, mm-hmm. there is something I'd like to share with people regarding the, the network of permaculturalists. A lot of them have gotten into permaculture because they fear the destruction of our, our world and they are completely programmed stormtroopers and they advocate for the forced exchange of goods, right? Mm. So one of the tenets of permaculture is uh, fair share, right? Now, I don't like the word fair because it's just a ridiculous word, but sharing is the voluntary exchange of value. It is not mm. the forced exchange of value. So people in permaculture who promote socialism and communism don't understand one of the core tenets of permaculture, and that is voluntarism. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's really interesting. So, all right, you really have a personal mission to empower people, enlighten people, help people self-sustain, not only themselves, but help the planet and other other living beings self-sustain. I love it. It's fantastic. So where do we begin? What about the person who's just like, you know, got the nine to five job, the kids, the whatever, you know, buying the food in the store. You know, I heard somewhere that most average kids these days, like they don't even know what a farm animal really is. They just think like their hamburger comes from that plastic package that mommy gets at the store. They don't even know what cattle is or anything. So what, where, where do we begin in the modern world or someone or someone that lives in an apartment in the city that doesn't have an actual yard, Jim? Can they do anything? Like, where do we start? Yes, everybody can grow food. If you have a countertop, it's okay. growing microgreens is okay. about the same effort as brewing coffee every morning. Oh, right? It's way easier than taking a shower. <laughs> like literally it takes a minute a day and you can have microgreen salads every single day, nice. which are incredible. It might cost you 50 cents to a dollar to create a whole tray of microgreens that has a retail value of $25 and has a health value that's limitless. Um, so that's the indoor stuff where we spend 99% of our energy because it's the biggest return on our time and and energy invested is by building soil. So if you have a yard or anybody has a yard, 
will take a look at that yard and will apply all of the permaculture wisdom that has been accumulated over the generations and will say what's going to be the best way to have the maximum yield for the minimum maintenance. And when you design it and install a, a food forest correctly, it's less maintenance than a lawn and it provides epic yield, right? And, and it's not yield, hurting anything like right. a lawn with all the poisons. Exactly, it's mm -hmm. actually regenerative and expansive mm -hmm. by its very nature. Your food forest will lead to birds coming in and eating some of the berries and planting them miles away. Right. And now there's raspberry bushes and blueberry bushes mm -hmm. 10 miles away because of your food forest. Now mm -hmm. imagine this going viral. And this is what I've been imagining now obsessively. And then more lately, joyfully obsessive. Nice. And that tweak was the big tweak. That's when I started having abundance again. That's when the I, key word. Joyfully. Yes. I love it. I, <laughs> yeah. When I let go of the effort and just started flowing with it. Yes. There's our masculine feminine balance, everybody. The, the flow and uh, the go, the go and the flow. Yeah. I love it. And then, like you said, that's when all of a sudden Katie barred the door, the lid blew off and things started really moving. Yes. All right. So we don't need a huge lot of land. We can start with microgreens in the house, then pay attention to our soil. Now, what about finding a local expert? Because, uh, you know, the topography of everybody's region, you know, someone in California is going to have different yield or whatever than somebody in New Hampshire. So what should we find a local expert? And if so, how do we do that? <laughs> so two things. One is, um, so since launch nine and a half months ago, we are now in 20 countries and almost every U.S. state. We are probably the fastest growing cooperative in history. We are doing food forests all over the world, mountaintops in California, resorts in Thailand, big farms in Africa, all over the world. And so um, you can either, if you want to speed up time, get a hold of us at Food Force Abundance and we will design and install for you, or we can design and we can help you become an installer. In fact, this is why it's growing so fast because we've put so many layers of support and service into our business model that people can become Food Force Cooperatives and be in the business of helping people grow food. And it's the best business in the world. There you go. Well, I am definitely hiring someone from your team because I am, I've been really uh, wanting to, well, I, <laughs> okay, I'm going to be very careful with my words here. I love your, you know, joy. What was the term you used? Joyful? Obsession. Obsession. Thank you. I got to add that first part. Joyful. Uh, yeah, because, you know, the whole attachment thing, like we're talking about, you know, the whole great awakening and the freedom thing and Bill Gates buying up all the food in the world and all this crazy stuff. It's been really a mental gymnastic exercise for me to not get caught up in the anxiety of how am I going to provide for myself? How am I going to help people? And so I've been really manifesting in my brain and thanking Great Spirit for bringing me the perfect homestead where I can help steward the land, help care for the land, not only for myself, but then help share it with others to teach people communing with nature again. But I haven't manifested my dream home yet. So, but when I do, uh, I am definitely going to hit up, and I know you're going to tell everybody that uh, as we get toward the end where they can get help, where they can get expert resources, either hands-on themselves, like you said, you give them options, or just like someone like me who probably, I mean, I'm definitely going to do it once I know how to do it, but I definitely need an expert to come in and just say, look, this is how you do it. Yeah. So 
Uh, and, and we maybe, speed up time. The, the process oh. radically speeds up time. Right? Sure. Everybody can go on YouTube right now and you can become a permaculture expert over time by simply watching all those videos from Jeff Lawton and Bill Molson and all the permaculturalists. Like okay. that is just magical. If you want to have it done sooner than later and time is of the essence, then then we can help or your local permaculturalist can help. In fact, if you know a local permaculturist, that's what our food forest cooperative does is we serve the cooperative. We serve the permaculturalist who's doing the work, putting the food in the ground. And we serve on many different levels. Um, and that that's the fun of it. That's why we're growing so fast. In fact, um, one of, there's several things. We just got an offer that I think is gonna happen where um, a, a donor is gonna donate $50 million and we're gonna put food for us in schools across North America. <laughs> right, where we need it the most with the where children, the feed yes. their brains and bodies, food, yes. real yep. nutrition. That's right. And then it's another, beautiful. it's so exciting. because so this encouraging. Thing, it's so encouraging. And this yeah. one thing will radically change the world because these food forests, a principle of permaculture stacking functions, right? A food forest at a school is the ultimate function because not only does it provide food, but the educational opportunities, sure. you can teach everything from home ec and economics and math to language in a food forest, right? And it becomes the educational and demonstration site. And then the videos that come from that inspire more. And that's what we get to do is inspire this shift. And really, we get to define and create and design the future of humanity. That is so beautiful. You must have a huge team because I know you're doing, I mean, is, you have like hundreds of employees? It, well, we've got hundreds of people, yes, around the world that are part of our network. Um, yep. In fact, we just took on another seven, eight employees in the last two weeks. Right. Um, yes, it's it's scaling as it was intended to hey. very rapidly uh, around the world. All right, Jim, common misperceptions that you'd like to cl clear up that people have uh, land we know you don't need a lot of land okay yeah so the three bs is the yeah. belief systems the bad science and the bullshit about growing food that it's hard it's ridiculously not hard right you take one peach tree for an example you put a peach tree in the corner of your yard the odds are you're going to get some peaches even if you just do it in a not so permaculture way right so now when you add a guild which is a community of plants that help each other then the plants it's like maintaining the forest down the road from your house. How much maintenance do you or does any human give that food forest? None. That's what a food forest is. It's a designed forest, but it's designed to be a food production system and not just a forest of oak trees or cypress or any of these things. It's an actual system that has layers of food, starting with roots and tubers in the ground, the gingers and turmerics and sweet potatoes and potatoes and all these different things all the way up to the overstory fruit trees. So every plant in the system has a function that's designed to create abundance for animals and wildlife and nature and humans. Back to our relationships. They're not independent. They have relationships with each other that help sustain each other. So it's like a family. Yep. Diversity. So that's the number one thing is people don't want to be farmers. I don't want to be a farmer the way they describe <laughs> farmers. And and my mom, she, well, she grew up in a farm in Minnesota where she didn't have running water or electric till she was 15 years old in wow. Minnesota. 
Wow. Burr. Yeah, I, right? Yeah. Wow. And and they still grow all their own food. The way that permaculture wow. now, we design it where it's really abundant and low maintenance. I love it. So those are really important uh, things that you cleared up. Um, thank you. Uh, all right. So then other than how, how else can we support local farmers and biodynamic farmers because you know going against the man and the big agra and you know the control of the government and the subsidies of corn wheat and soy and just the the monocropping and all these things and 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 the improper uh husbandry of animals and the misconception i can't let you go without addressing the misconception that animals are causing global warming oh, by the way you have to address ridiculous. that because okay. that just is a pet peeve I, of mine I sure will. So Please. I just had a great meeting with Joel Salatin. And oh, if wow. You don't know who Joel is. We spoke on stage at the Greater Reset uh, just mm -hmm. last weekend or two weekends ago. Cool. And fantastic human being. If you want to yeah. learn about the truth about um, raising animals, herbivores and chickens and so on, go watch one of his videos. He has a TED talk in which he destroys the cow fart narrative. Thank you. And, and, and actually proves beyond the shadow of any doubt using scientific method that cattle will be carbon sequesters. Now, the whole thing is a bullshit narrative. It's a narrative of control, right? But, it, okay, so let's say, and I used to believe 15 years ago, I was a carbon guy. I was like, oh, we got to stop the, the carbon. What, what, I didn't even know what I was talking about, but some people who I trusted said it was the real deal. I learned not to trust those people on the, on the program box. Um, so anyway, he shows that his farm will, by using the um, animals in a rotational grazing, a silva method grazing pattern, they will, they will actually build soil and create a regenerative system that does not deplete, but it actually builds the system. And his, his meats are worth far more than anything you can get because they're growing healthy out in nature without poison. And they're more nutritious. We know that scientifically is proven. Yeah, they're, they're more nutritious, healthy as yeah. far and and not unhealthy. Mm -hmm. Which that then you know you are what you eat, right? So you're eating an animal that's never seen the sun, that can't move. It's in some kind of cage, barn, whatever. Is totally stressed out. Is fed non-food. Is fed stuff it's not supposed to eat. How healthy is that quality of food that then becomes you? You know, so, I mean, there's the argument there. But as far as the cow, cow fart thing, you know, it's like people have to understand that's the way it's always been with the, the, the ecological cycle of the sun and, and the soil and then the plants and then the insects and then, the you know, little animals eat the plant and then the bigger animals eat the little animal and then the humans eat the, and then the cycle of life. And then we die and our bodies go in the earth and we feed the soil and that's the cycle it's when we disrupt the system, the design that you're referring to, that that's when it gets screwed up and then yes. we get imbalance. But yes. it's not yes. the animals themselves. It's because remember the animal poop and manure is gonna feed the soil, which is gonna grow more plants. So exactly there's your right. there's your greenhouse, you know, the trees and the carbon dioxide and all that. So yeah, wow. Jim, amazing. I obviously could keep you here all day. Are there any other points that you really want to get across that's on your heart before we have you tell people how they can find out more about you and your, your team? You know, I, the main thing is to everybody 
what I'm asking you, inspiring you to do, hopefully, is to enjoy life, to settle in the present moment and start making lists of positive aspects. Start making lists of ways that you can serve and that by serving, you benefit as well. And when you do that and you focus on that as a day-to-day -day kind of hobby, then your life will turn out magical. I promise you, that's the way the universe works. I did not expect that as the answer. That was beautiful and gave me goosebumps again. So, so important because remember, we are the source, right? It's the ripple effect. It's that energy that you're bringing to when you step outside your door to the person in the sidewalk, the person in the elevator, the person at work, to your kids, whatever. We are the energy we're exuding out. So, you know, tap into those things that make you feel good and happy, the people, and tune out the ones that don't. You know, I always say it's like mental ingredients. You've got to have a, a mental diet as much as a physical diet. And that might mean, I love your term, the program box. I never heard of a TV referred to that. That's great, Jim. So true. Don't, you know, have that in your world because it's only going to give you fear and anxiety and make time for the stuff that makes you feel good. And that includes real good food choices. Thank you, Jim. So wonderful. Thank you, Amy. It's a pleasure to be here. And if anybody wants to be in the business of growing food, which is an incredible business, please get a hold of us at foodforestabundance.com. Okay. So foodforestabundance.com, that will be in the show notes anywhere else you want to direct people. Um, that's the main hub. And then from there, we're going just exponential expansion through all sorts of different media. Wonderful. Jim Gale, thank you so much for being on Awakening Aphrodite with Amy Fournier. This has been an honor, a pleasure, and just so amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Would you like to support my mission to help empower people all over the world to be all of who they truly are? If so, please subscribe to the show, leave a review on iTunes, and share it with a friend. And if you're looking to take immediate action to align your energy and optimize your health, visit amyfournier.com. Thanks for listening to Awakening Aphrodite. Let's awaken her together in you. I'm your hostess, Amy Fournier, and I already can't wait to be with you again and for you to hear what I have planned for the next show. Thanks for listening to Awakening Aphrodite with Amy Fournier. To learn more about Amy, check out her website, amyfournier.com. That's A-M-Y-F-O-U-R-N-I-E-R.com. You can also check out Amy's live and on-demand virtual fitness and yoga classes and sign up for her newsletter to receive a free mini ebook of three of her top tips for making holistic health a lifestyle. Again, that's amyfournier.com and get your ebook sent to your email immediately. Connect with Amy on the daily on Instagram at FitAmyTV, F-I-T-A-M-Y-T-V, and watch many of the podcast episodes and subtopic clips on her YouTube channel, which is also FitAmyTV. Enjoy, and we'll see you next time on Awakening Aphrodite.